0: Thank you for joining me for a few moments to ponder Ruth. I'm Betsy Marvin, and this is episode 51. After Boaz had finished eating and drinking and was in good spirits, he lay down at the far end of the pile of grain and went to sleep. Then Ruth came quietly, uncovered his feet, and lay down. Around midnight, Boaz suddenly woke up and turned over. He was surprised to find a woman lying at his feet. Who are you? he asked. I am your servant Ruth, she replied. Spread the corner of your covering over me, for you are my family redeemer. Oh... "'The Lord bless you, my daughter,' Boaz exclaimed. "'You are showing even more family loyalty now than you did before, "'for you have not gone after a younger man, whether rich or poor. "'Now, don't worry about a thing, my daughter. "'I will do what is necessary, "'for everyone in town knows you are a virtuous woman.' But while it's true that I am one of your family redeemers, there is another man who is more closely related to you than I am. Stay here tonight and in the morning I will talk to him. If he is willing to redeem you, very well, let him marry you. But if he is not willing, then as surely as the Lord lives, I will redeem you myself now. Lie down here until morning. So Ruth lay at Boaz's feet until the morning, but she got up before it was light enough for people to recognize each other. For Boaz had said, no one must know that a woman was here on the threshing floor. Then Boaz said to her, bring your cloak and spread it out. He measured six scoops of barley into the cloak and placed it on her back. Then she returned to the town. When Ruth went back to her mother-in-law, Naomi asked, What happened, my daughter? Ruth told Naomi everything Boaz had done for her. And she added, He gave me these six scoops of barley and said, Don't go back to your mother-in-law empty-handed. Then Naomi said to her, Hmm, just be patient, my daughter, until we hear what happens. The man won't rest until he has settled things today. Ruth 3, 7 through 18. This interaction is pretty interesting when you place it in the middle of the night, in the dark, two people all alone but I've always wondered why uncover his feet. I searched many commentaries and found no deep meaning in Naomi's directions. I understand the meaning behind laying at his feet as a sign of humility, but I wonder if the whole uncovering his toes was, well, if you were sleeping outside and your feet were uncovered, they would definitely get cold as the night wore on. I mean, remember it is fall. So he'll wake up when his feet are cold and he'll find her. So this unsuspecting man sleeping soundly wakes up to cold feet. And as he rolls over to put his blanket back over them, he realizes someone is there. If you've ever had a toddler This moment makes me think of that time when you wake up and you see that little face not very far from your own just staring at you. The adrenaline kicks in when you startle awake and then you realize who it is. Usually their first words are, Are you awake? The adrenaline alone has you awake for quite a while. So it's dark He has those heavy eyelids and that hazy eyesight that happens when you just wake up and someone is where they weren't before. Now remember, it's the time of the judges, so he's sleeping out by his grain to protect it. So the whole, who are you? Well, it may have been a little shock, a little fear, and a lot of wonder. When the voice that answers is female, you have to wonder what went through his mind did he even register her words right away or did it take a minute for it to sink in that it was Ruth yet Ruth doesn't wait for him to tell her what to do as Naomi had instructed Ruth goes a little bit off script takes a risk and dives right into spread the corner of your covering over me for you are my family redeemer I know it sounds like she's asking to snuggle, but that is not the case here. Earlier, Boaz had said to her, "'May God spread his wings over you.'" And this statement reflects that comment as she asks him to include her in his family. So to be clear, Ruth proposed to Boaz. Let let that sit in for a minute. In a culture where women did no such thing, Ruth is taking a big risk in being there at all, let alone telling him to be her redeemer, to marry her. I mean, it's midnight. He's been startled awake by a woman and then he gets a marriage proposal? I mean, what's going on? But Ruth is showing us a foundational element of walking with the Lord. Faith trusts and it also acts. His next words say so much about who he is as he says, The Lord bless you, my daughter. Now, before we go into his next words, I'd like to point out something I didn't realize before. Ruth is asking two things of Boaz here she is seeking a kinsman redeemer and she is asking him to fulfill the Levirate law. Now, as a kinsman redeemer, Boaz would agree to purchase Elimelech's land, which we'll hear more of in chapter four. And this purchase would give Naomi the finances that she needs, as well as keep the land in the family for future generations. Now, in our last episode, I mentioned that a kinsman redeemer, a uh, goel was responsible to safeguard the person's property and prosperity that the family needed by redeeming the family through his obligation as a kinsman. The Leverett Law was the one that stated a widow would marry a brother or a relative if her husband died and she had no children. So she's asking Boaz to marry her and she has no children, but maybe they could produce an heir together, but more likely she's asking him for protection in his home. By combining these two laws, she not only would rescue Naomi, but would rescue the legacy of a Limelech. This is a big, bold ask. She is looking to Boaz to follow the spirit of the law here. Boaz is not a blood brother of her father-in-law. So it's like that moment when you hear someone ask a question that is really crossing the line and you raise your eyebrows to see how they'll answer. But he says, the Lord bless you. I can just see his tender smile as he looks at her in the dark and says, you are showing even more family loyalty now than you did before. For you have not gone after a younger man, whether rich or poor. Now don't worry about a thing, my daughter. I'll do what is necessary for everyone in town knows you are a virtuous woman. But while it's true that I am one of your family redeemers, there is another man more closely related to you than I am. Stay here tonight, and in the morning I will talk to him. If he is willing to redeem you, very well. Let him marry you. But if he's not willing, then as surely as the Lord lives, I will redeem you myself. One commentary I read made a great point about Boaz and it really changes how I hear these words and maybe it will for you too. So although I love the idea of Boaz being the most eligible bachelor in Bethlehem and Ruth saying, will you accept this rose? We need to remember the culture of the day. For a man of his age, within the culture of patriarchy, for him to postpone marriage and delay having sons, that would have made him not halil, which is the word that is used to describe him in chapter 2. The basic meaning behind this Hebrew word is strength, moral strength, good quality, integrity, and virtue— and if he had not, by this time in his life, secured his family's survival by having children, he would not have been a man of great honor and substance, but actually a man of shame for his family. He would have not been seen in the good light that we actually see him in. Now remember from Naomi's story, a family without sons faces crisis. And from this story, we get the strong impression that Boaz is not living in any crisis. As a man of significant stature in Bethlehem, we need to realize that he most likely already had sons. He may have been a widower, or he may have had a living wife or two. Bachelors are a modern-day phenomenon, so we need to alter our traditional way of thinking of Boaz. When he compliments Ruth's loyalty to her family, he is recognizing that her choice of him is surprising, that there really are other eligible men. He's older and established, and yet he sees her has said for Naomi, and he calls her a woman of virtue, the same word used for him, halil. He sees her as a woman of valor and of value. But he does drop a bombshell. He is not the closest relative. He continues, however, to combine the laws just as she has by acknowledging both the Redeemer and levirate aspects by saying, I will redeem you and marry you if he doesn't. This is a moment to ponder. Boaz is looking past the cultural things at play here. She isn't Jewish. She will most likely not bear children, and the family connection is a bit removed. Yet instead he sees her character and her sacrificial love for Naomi, and so he tells her that as surely as the Lord lives, I will redeem you myself. And here's the ponder. How often are we willing to look past the outer limitations of someone to see the value within them, And how often do we allow cultural lines to determine our actions? Boaz will alter his life, his legacy, and even his existing family to walk with Ruth and Naomi. He tells her, stay until morning. Why would he do that? Well, it's after midnight on a night when there's been a lot of partying and Honestly, the only people out in the streets would have been those who were sneaking home after a liaison or were still out drinking themselves. So it's too late for Ruth to go home without giving the impression that she's been up to something untoward. So Boaz tells her to stay until morning. He's protecting her reputation here. For Boaz had said no one must know that a woman was here at the threshing floor, meaning a woman of her character. In the early morning hours, Ruth steals home to find Naomi waiting. I have a feeling Naomi didn't sleep that night wondering what was happening, yet Ruth enters, arms full of grain and a tired smile on her face. Naomi's heart must have been so full. It had gone well. As they sat over their morning coffee looking at the large amount of barley Boas had sent with Ruth, I can just hear Naomi's quiet confidence as she says, just be patient, my daughter, until we hear what happens. The man won't rest until he has settled things today. She is confident in their Redeemer. Life is about to change for these ladies in Bethlehem. Boaz represented security, provision, family, a future free of poverty and want. I don't know where life has you in this moment, but I know that within all of us there is a desire to belong, the desire for security and peace where we can be ourselves and be loved. Just as Ruth boldly asks Boaz to cover her with his robe and make her a part of his family, we find ourselves at the feet of Jesus, asking the same. Spread the corner of your covering over me, for you are my Redeemer. In Hebrews 4.16, Paul says, So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive His mercy, and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. Ruth gives us an image of what it is to come boldly to her Redeemer, to be fully herself because she trusts the character of the one that she is approaching. She laid at his feet knowing he would cover her. This is a beautiful image for us. May you be filled with the bold confidence of knowing that our God is trustworthy. And out of his deep love for you, he will cover you with his righteousness. When we ask him to spread his covering over us, he will never turn us away. For he offers us a future of forgiveness and freedom. All we need to do is come. Amen.